2: Let me step back for a minute. Tired of the gimmicks. See, we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center. We about to get litty. Luca carrying a torch. Boy jumped up off the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game. And he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving, as the palace. Young team and it's full of talent. Won revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass L. Jordan, I ain't woke up the city. Map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. No triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. Know we gotta get back, know we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. Know we gotta get back, like No we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for
3: a minute. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. And tonight, as always, I'm joined by my co host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Glatson. Matt, are you ready for our official Mavs Step Back trade primer episode?
1: The trade extravaganza.
3: Exactly yeah i mean everybody's everybody's always asking us for you know our our thoughts on different trade packages and different guys and everything and you know we mostly just talk about the the pipe dream guys and we will more so tonight but i just felt like you know let's just do a full episode of nothing but trade scenarios so i, I think that'll that'll uh, satisfy a lot of people's itch for that
1: yeah i agree that's uh it's always fun to talk about this stuff you know um i feel like that the trade stuff does does very well because it's it's always what you don't have that's more attractive rather than what you have yeah and that's that's true of pretty much anything so um but you know stuff with nba rosters and nfl rosters and free agency and all that stuff is, is always the most fun to talk about so i'm looking forward to this
3: Yeah. And I mean, you know, the Mavs and we, we talked about this briefly before we got on here, but when they're hitting shots, they look unstoppable, but they're one of the more streaky teams in the league because when shots aren't falling, they just look completely lost. They look kind of hopeless out there. And I think the biggest priority going into trade season for this team needs to be three point shooting. Um. I think they've shown that when they when they actually pay attention to detail, they have the capability of being a good defensive team, uh, given some of the athletes they have on the roster right now. but the three point shooting is just severely lacking. And Josh Richardson, you know, he's played extremely well these last five, six games, but Seth <laughs> Seth Curry, is helping the 76ers, you know, to the first seed in the East. Uh, he is currently shooting 50-50-100 on the season. Um, he's been amazing, Matt. He's on he pace to be the only person to ever do that.
1: He hasn't missed a free throw.
3: No. No, which is which is kind of annoying to me because, you know, he had he kind of had a knack for missing free throws at the worst possible time. <laughs> When he was in Dallas, Uh, he'd hit them all the time. But then when it it got to the end of games, he'd miss some. But anyway, Seth Curry has been amazing for them. And uh, Josh Richardson is going to have to shoot at least 35, 36% from three uh, to make that trade not look like a steal at this point. But that's where I'm at. Uh, I do not think – I mean, although the the Mavs could get some help uh, rebounding – you know, get another big man and all that. I I really do think the top priority is going to be adding more three-point shooting. So, Matt, we're going to start out with a pipe dream trade, and it's one we've talked about a ton. Uh, It's Bradley Beal. And we've talked about this. The only way that this works is if Bradley Beal says, I want to play with Luca," because we've seen the reports, the Wizards – supposedly told him before he signed the last extension with him if he ever wanted to leave that they would accommodate him you know whatever he wanted wherever he wanted to go they would you know they would grant his wish so if he says he wants to go to the Mavs then I think it'll happen and if he says that then I don't think they would have to give up KP in a trade package to get him. But we're going to do this two ways. The first trade scenario here is what their best package would be, in my opinion. And the second one is going to be what I think they could get by with if Bill does indeed say he wants to go to Dallas. So first one, Mav send Kristaps Porzingis, James Johnson, Jalen Brunson, and a top 10 protected pick to the Wizards for Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans, and Ish Smith. Thoughts?
1: Man, I still don't want to do that. I I still don't want to trade KP. Maybe I'm in the minority. Um, I get that. I don't really care. I I, I don't like um, the idea of trading KP because I don't think it really does anything for you in the long-term in the sense that how much better are you really getting, uh, without KP in terms of the power structure in the West? Like you're, you're probably still, uh, fourth or fifth in the West with that. You're not beating the Lakers. You're not beating the Clippers. You're not beating right now, Utah, because they're just going nuts. Um, they're first in the West right now, I think. Um, so I just I I just can't bring myself to do that yet. Uh, maybe if KP doesn't string together a bunch of success here in the next couple weeks, I'll change my tune. But I'm still well, uh, and training.
3: and and again, I mean, like I said, if if Bill wants to play in Dallas, I don't think you have to trade KP. But I think just from a pure asset standpoint, that would be their that would be the best return. Uh, that the Mavs could give the Wizards, realistically. Uh, now, if Bill does want to play in Dallas, I think they could get away with the second offer, which is just for Bill. straight up, you'd trade Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, Jalen Brunson, and a top-10 protected future first and a second, which seems like I- a lot, but... You're pairing Beale with Luke and KP. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I I would definitely do that one. Uh, I I feel like you might have to add one or two other things there. Um, yeah, just to kind of sweeten it a little bit for them. But um, I'm much I'm much more inclined to do something like that. Obviously, I mean, sign me up yesterday for that one.
3: Because I mean, the Wizards, if if Bradley Beal isn't part of their long term future they're going to need a point guard because they're not going to keep Russell Westbrook past his current contract. That's, that's been a disaster. Uh, Jalen Brunson has shown promise. Uh, Even on these national broadcasts, we've seen people just praising him left and right saying that he could be a starter on a lot of teams going forward. I think if they ended up parting with bill, they would like, you know, something like that, A, a young a young, talented point guard uh, who's still on a rookie deal. You know, you get Tim Hardaway Jr. who's playing his best basketball on an expiring contract. You get Maxi Kleba, three and D big on a really, really team-friendly deal. And then throw in a couple of picks there. I, just, I think that would be a well-rounded, not – I don't think it's too much of a stretch to see something like that happening. Uh, but like we said, it all depends on Bill so
1: (laughs) yeah i I think that um i think you maybe add one other piece like um maybe tyrell terry or something like that i think that i think they're probably getting another uh young player in there that uh they can try and develop
3: did you say tyrell terry gets some run in the g league today
1: i did not i i got busy with some other stuff
3: he was pretty impressive uh, he scored 18 or 19 points. He led the uh, the Memphis Hustle in scoring. He had a really Steph Curry like step back three from the corner. That was it was really cool. It's it's good to see him uh, go to a place where he can get some run, since that's apparently not going to happen with the with the varsity squad just yet. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of thing could be attractive to Washington. Uh, yes, yeah. that's, that's something that you could kind of get invested in. So.
3: Moving on, this is we're we're getting the pipe dreams out of the way early here, Matt. So the next one,
1: I've got a few pipe dreamy that we'll bring up later.
3: <laughs> hey, well, as soon as we get done with this one, you can bring that one up. We'll just get them all out of the way. But this one is Carl Anthony Towns because the Timberwolves—they're the worst team in the NBA—and. Spoiler alert, we're having a little uh pause here because the Mavs beat the Hawks 118 to one seventeen, <laughs> And Luca had another yeah, triple
1: and Trae double. Trey Young tried to fall down and uh, in the middle of like the in the middle of the inbound play. And uh now he's crying and yelling at the ref and he's pretending like his nose is bleeding and it's hysterical.
3: Oh man, you mean he flopped again and he didn't get the call? <laughs> Yeah. i mentioned this earlier tonight and we won't get too far down this rabbit hole but i i don't have anything against trey young like just personally but matt i hate the way he plays he is a mini version of james harden people compare luca's game to james harden trey young is closer to james harden with how he plays it is flopping and flailing for days. Anyway, he, uh, <laughs> he tried to take a screen
1: from or tried to set a screen on Willie, and Willie just kind of knocked him over. <laughs> and now he's pretending like his nose is bleeding. It's just, it's like.
3: Well, that, that that's good. So now the Mavs—they've won three consecutive games. They've won. Uh, they've won four out of five. So getting things back on track even though it hasn't been the prettiest at times but hey you have to win ugly so all right well back to our trade extravaganza here so carl anthony towns matt i know i know you don't like the idea of trading kp but if it was just a straight up deal carl anthony towns for christophe porzingis would you do it <sighs> I would do it. I know so I know that out. doesn't I know that doesn't accomplish your your overall goal of adding a third star, but I think I I feel like a duo of Luca and Cat would be would have a higher ceiling than Luca and KP in my okay, opinion.
1: So hear me out. I would do that and here's why. Because you're not you're only giving up KP. You're not mortgaging the rest of your future, trading the 20, 2025 first-round pick, um, trading any other assets. It's just KP. And that, I, I think I could get behind a little more. Um, I'm not saying necessarily that I love it, but I, I think I would come around to that. I would do that. Yeah, It's a little bit easier for me to stomach. And I do think he's a better player than KP. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the man... Yeah, the player than KP too but you're but you're also giving up more to get him and this is a little bit easier for me to rationalize
3: yeah and and with with Carl Anthony Towns you know you, you'd probably I just that when I was putting that together I was just like you know what just straight up cat for KP but you know the Mavs they might end up having to do like a a protected uh, future pick or something like that but just looking at the at the way his his career has gone in Minnesota and looking at their current state of affairs (laughs) with the Timberwolves, it just doesn't seem like that marriage is going to last much longer. And I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the Wolves would prioritize more. Do they want to completely rebuild again and sell cat and get a bunch of picks or do they actually want to get a really good player back in return? So I don't know. It's another pipe dream. There That's not even one where there's been a lot of, you know, speculation, rumors about or anything like that. But I was just thinking about it. Like, you know, he's sitting right there in Minnesota, just wasting away his prime. He's averaging 22, 13, four assists on a almost 50, 40, 90 efficiency. I mean, it, it could work. I could see it. But anyway, so.
1: Well, I now, have the. I have, all right, go on with your next one. And then I'm going to, I'm going to come back at you with a, uh, another Carl Anthony towns trade here in a second. That um,
3: Okay. Sounds good.
1: I, I it's a little bit. Uh, it's a little different.
3: Okay. So now we're getting into more of the, it's not quite pipe dream. It, it's more realistic. Uh, it, you know, it's still not likely, but it's not just, you know, completely far-fetched. So, now we're getting into the Zach Levine stuff. Uh, The Bulls, I haven't checked the standings yet. They're still outside of uh, the playoff picture, but they've been hanging tough. Uh, Levine, let's say, yeah, they've got a 39, uh, uh, 390 win percentage this season, and that's the highest of Levine's career. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they're even with Levine balling out, they're still not getting very far with it. and you know, I could see him wanting out close to the trade deadline. So my I got two of them at my trade proposals for Levine, and you tell me which one you think is would be more realistic is the Mav sending Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr, James Johnson, and Josh Green to the Bulls for Zach Levine and Thaddeus Young. And then the second one is just, just has Zach Levine coming back to the Mavs in, in return for Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr. And a protected first round pick. What do you think?
1: I, I prefer the second. It's, I think it's a little less complicated. Right. And, um, I think that when you're making trades in the NBA, I think the less complicated, the more likely, if that makes sense. Um, Like why have a bunch of moving parts when you can make it simple? Um, And I think that's, uh, I think that's the more likely of the two outcomes personally.
3: My, my reasoning for the first one Which again was James Johnson, THJ, Brunson, Josh Green for Levine and Young. Young still has another year on his contract with the Bulls worth 13.5 million. So if they want it like if they know they're gonna trade Levine anyway, and you know they want to go ahead and shed some extra salary that would be a good way to do it you know it's like okay we're giving you some some good pieces back but here we'll also help you out and take some of your some of your salary off the books too so I agree though I think the less complicated the more likely so I would uh I would definitely go for that THJ and Brunson with the first round pick straight up for Zach Levine but Overall, I mean, do you you think I'm too far off base there? I mean, I I think Levine isn't quite in the pipe dream category like most people might think.
1: No, I mean, he's not – look, a pipe dream is for a player who is – Top-tier star. Top-tier star, all-star, that kind of thing. Levine's not that. He's a really good player. Yeah. Um, Maybe he could be that, but he's not that right now.
3: Yeah, and I mean it, it's like I pointed out the other day when I saw that that stat about this year being the the winningest percentage so far of his career, and they're still <laughs> they're still not very good. That's what happens when you take a second or third tier star and you put him in a top tier star role. And I just I feel like if they were able to get their hands on him and pair him with Luke and KP, that is the absolute perfect position for him as far as like his skill ranking. So uh, I I really hope it happens. I I think that's the one I've been holding on to for over a year now, Matt. Uh, So (laughs) maybe that can be my, uh, my KP prediction because I kind of did that too before it happened. But anyway, do you want to go ahead with yours? You want me to keep rolling with these?
1: Um. So I, I want to throw back another Carl Anthony Towns trade to you. Um, sure. That I think is more – not necessarily more likely since, I mean, obviously you don't um, have as much ammo if you don't trade KP. Um, hear me out. and, and uh, Look, I don't want to hear the, the, the Twitter comments after this one being <laughs> like, why would why would the Timberwolves do? I mean, this whole podcast is going to be that. So, like, let's just have some fun and discuss.
3: It. That's that's the fun of um, trade pods, man. That you don't have to. Uh, you just you're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what people think. It's fun. I mean, we're just kind of we're kind of brainstorming here, so that's fine. Go, roll with it.
1: <laughs> okay, so hear me out. We've established that the uh, Timberwolves are the worst team in the NBA. And you took the approach of, well, maybe they just want another star player and try and build around him. I'm going to take the opposite approach and I'm going to say they just want to completely rebuild. Okay. Yeah. So this is my package. You trade James Johnson and Tim Hardaway Jr. And give them, what is that? 33, $34 million in expiring money. Yes, you give you give them Jalen Brunson, you give them Josh Green, and then a first round pick.
3: Yeah, no, I I mean, that's I, a lot. That,
1: it's a lot to give up from Carly,
3: the mass perste- perspective, too. So, I mean, I do it, it in is, a heartbeat.
1: It is. <laughs> you get that Carl Anthony Towns and Malik Beasley, who may or may not be going to jail, but. <laughs> That gives you Carl Anthony Towns, and then that gives you another guy that um, can hit shots. He's 42% from three this year, I think, if, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Is that
3: wrong? So No, I, that, no that that's right. You're talking, who are you talking about, Malik Beasley? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, no, Cat, he's shooting 38% from three. But, yeah, Malik Beasley, he's, he's killing it. Um,
1: yeah, so, um, I, I think that is something that – would be kind of hard for Minnesota to turn down with all the expiring money and then the young younger assets that you get in the, in the pick. Um, if they want a second-round pick, throw one in too. Who cares? It's a second-round pick.
3: Yeah, and te- the Mavs pick situation, I've seen some people saying like, oh, well, the Mavs can't trade any picks and all that. Yeah, they can. It's as simple as lifting the protection on the Knicks uh, 2023 20, pick that they traded in the KP trade literally, that's all they have to do is just lift the protection on that and they could trade their 2025 first and they could trade their 2027 first if they wanted to. So uh that I mean that's literally, that's literally all they'd have to do. So even if you had to give up those two picks, you know, again, you're you're tr- trading for a third star. That way, <laughs> with this one you're not trading, kp for cat you're getting cat to add to luca and kp which would be insane
0: <laughs> yeah and
1: look the idea behind that is that um look if you're if you're if you're made if, if this trade happens and they say we want your 2027 first two i think you do it in a heartbeat because um if the trade goes through you're not getting good picks in 2025 and 2027 anyway yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, the picks are going to be terrible, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, so, I mean, it's really not as valuable just because it says first-round pick. It's not like it's like, oh, we have the the Wolves 2027 first-round pick. You know, that's... Yeah. They're always going to be terrible. They're always going to be picking the top five. Yeah, So
3: and I mean, um, the idea... <laughs> I think
1: it's hard for them to turn down.
3: Yeah, the, the idea behind it, like you said, is like... <laughs> do you what do they want do they want to completely rebuild again because they've already done that many times and it just hasn't worked out or do they want you know to get a similar star like player but i mean what star player are you going to trade for who wants to play in minnesota you know yeah (laughs) it it would would almost have to be younger guys who want to just get a get a lot of run uh and get their feet wet you know
1: And also, if you're at the point that the Minnesota um, ownership is in, you you almost have to completely not just rebuild your roster. I think you have to completely rebuild your entire structure. You got to get a new GM. You got to get new front office people. And you have to completely start over. That's the only way it's going to change. And, yeah. and you do that. The way you do that is by acquiring young players, and draft picks, and finding the right people to run your your, uh, your franchise. And they haven't had that in a decade or two decades yeah. since whenever KG won a playoff.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
3: Minnesota. Well, and by the way, we're not going to get into this, but anyone who wants to argue that KG is better than Dirk, they just need to go back and watch that playoff series. (laughs) The only time they met in the postseason. (laughs) And Dirk swept him. And it just he was putting 30 and 10 on his head every night. It was it wasn't even close. Um
1: Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Moving on to another one here, Matt, and it's against, uh, against. It's with a team that the Mavs have played two times in the last week, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. I wrote a piece about it on DallasBasketball.com. John Collins, he's an upcoming restricted free agent. And when I had a... when you were out, uh, I can't, I think, was it the last pod you were out? or No, it was the one before last. Uh, I had Brad Roland on here, and he was saying that he doesn't know if the Hawks will trade him, but given that they offered him a $90 million extension before the season started and he turned it down, and given the fact that they have like $115 million committed to uh, Bogdanovich and Gallinari, with the Trey young max rookie extension on the way. I don't know that the Hawks want to pay him. And if that's the case, they have to at least consider trading him before the deadline. The problem is because of his situation, I guess, uh, you know, he's not really a star, but he is when he plays the maps, obviously he shoots 58% from three, (laughs) 62% for his career. Uh, The Mavs is the only team he averages over 20 points for, for his career. So uh, he is a star when you consider that, but you know, he's not really a star Uh, and he he's only making $4 million a year. So salary matching it's tough because unless you're getting back a, you know, a really good young player on a rookie contract back for him, I'm not exactly sure how you'd make a trade work, But anyway, if they do decide to trade him, I think it would be interesting to see if the Hawks would just, you know, try to get a similar player type for him plus draft compensation uh, just for giving the other team the ability to control his restricted free agency. So without further ado, my uh, trade proposal would be – it's simple, Matt – it's Willie Colley Stein and a 2025 first round pick. <laughs> and the reason I picked Willie is because the, the salary matches exactly. Uh, they both make 4.1 million. Uh, you know, he's, he's an athletic big. Uh, he's shown the ability to run the pick and roll effectively when he feels like it. Um, he's not the three point shooter. John Collins is obviously, but I think if you're you're the Hawks and you don't want to pay big money to Collins going forward, you get a guy like Willie Colley-Stein, you get a future first-round pick, and you have another $4 million team option for Willie uh, for the next season. So, what do you think about that?
1: I like it. I like it. Um, I... It, you just have to you have to think about how Atlanta is valuing John Collins, um, and how other teams value John Collins. Maybe if they if they kind of put it out there that they want to trade him, somebody will offer a little bit more enticing of a package than that. Yeah, but um, but I, I mean I I like it. I think that um, it's definitely something they would consider. Um,
3: I, mean, I just fair on
1: both sides
2: really. yeah, I, it's
1: I, it's hard for me to imagine that you're going to use that pick and get a play like where you when you get to where uh, when you get to it in 2025 and it's going to be a player that is as good as John Collins.
3: Yeah, and and look the it it's really hard even when you're brainstorming and just kind of you know throwing stuff against the wall, it's hard to figure out a trade for a guy who's about to go into restricted free agency i think back to the Nerlens noel trade and given you know he was <laughs> he was valued a little bit more than than what he is now at the time but i believe that trade package was simply andrew bogut and like two second round picks if i'm not mistaken is that right i think that's right i don't know I'm pretty sure it was Andrew Bogat and two second round picks for Nerlens Noel, which, you know, at the time that seemed like an absolute steal. But, you know, I I don't know. It's tricky because you you can either trade him now and get at least something, or you can wait until restricted free agency and somebody offers him a max, and then you don't want to go over 90 million committed to him and you end up losing him for nothing. And there's probably a lot of teams out there that aren't willing to give up a lot in a trade package, you know, for the same reasons. So I don't yeah. know. I, all I know is I would love to have John Collins on the Mavs. And maybe that's a byproduct of just how much he has torched the Mavs <laughs> throughout his career. But that dude is good. And I think he would be an excellent fit next to KP. So. All right, we're gonna move on from John Collins. The next one here, Matt. And we talked about we both you know, we didn't tell each other all the trades we were going to be coming up with before we until right before we got on here to record. And we had the same idea, and I, I knew you would have him on your on your trade list, but the Miami Heat have struggled this season. And you know, they're starting to get back on track a little bit, but Jimmy Butler just really doesn't look like himself. Uh, they don't look anything close to the team that made a run to the NBA Finals last year. So, the Mavs should have should have acquired Goran Dragic two years ago. Uh, the Miami Heat tried their best what? to hand him to the Mavs on a silver platter, And the Mavs, for whatever reason, (laughs) decided that they wanted Kelly O'Linac and Derek Jones Jr. more than Dragic. So the deal fell through, and it's just, it it made us very sad. So two years later, it made you you unbelievably sad.
1: Dalton, you might have been disappointed. (laughs) I was in shambles. (laughs)
3: Oh man. I I know it's been a rough, it's been rough for you since then, but we're going to try and fix that here. Hypothetically. So say the, say the heat aren't able to quite get it back on track. And what do you think about this trade for Drogic James Johnson, just for basically salary purposes, he's played in Miami before. Uh, He fits their culture to a T he's on an expiring deal. Um, a future second-round pick, and Trey Burke for Goran Drogic?
1: What do you think I'm going to say?
3: Yes. I mean, obviously you're going to say yes, but my question is how viable do you think the package is?
1: I think it's viable. I mean, obviously you're not going to give up the moon for a guy who's – I can't even remember how old he is at this point, 34? 34,
3: 34,
2: 35.
1: 35. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to give up the moon for that, but I mean, it, he's the kind of person that, um, or the kind of player that I think puts, he doesn't put you over the top, but man, he makes you so much better in so many ways um, that you're lacking uh, his scoring, his leadership, his playmaking, his ability to h- handle the ball, uh, his and toughness.
3: Has, and look, it's not everything. just, it's not just that too. He has won a championship overseas with with, uh, with Doncic. <laughs> you know, he he's Luka's big brother. So you have to factor that in, too. I just – I really think it would just be a match made in heaven if they did that. And like you said, it's not really – I agree. I don't think it's really what you consider an over-the-top piece, but it would 100% help this team out um, – especially with, like, closing games and not letting teams go on these super runs like we saw when they played the depleted Timberwolves the other night. You know, they were up by 21 in the fourth, and it ended up being a a five-point win at the very end. I I don't think you'd have those type of issues with a guy like Drogic on the team to settle people down, so.
2: Well, also,
1: to build on that a little bit, it's the J.J. effect in a sense – but also, um, he <clears> – <throat> let me think about how I want to say this. He, he, he just – he brings a different mentality to the team, I think. Yeah. It's not just, you know, pushing guys and keeping them going. It's, it's – I think it's a whole other level of, of veteran leadership can- that the team hasn't had. And it's, it's, it's something that he can do and back up on the floor.
3: He could be that. He could be that later career Jason Kidd, like the Mavs had. You know, leading up to that yes. championship run.
1: Yes, and I think that. Um, I think that the, the, um, the, the communication and the and the chemistry with Luca is just going to be. Uh, I think that would be, just the icing on the cake. I mean, I don't care what team in the NBA it is. Goron's is going to make you better. But if you put the best young star in the NBA with his uncle and mentor every night, I mean, I just, I think it brings the best out of Luca too. Yeah. So,
3: and I think whether you play him with Luca or not, because we've seen this season, Jalen Brunson, he's actually been better as a starter. So if you wanted to, you know, you could start Brunson with Luca and bring Dragic off the bench to, you know, uh, as with THJ, who's been a flamethrower off the bench here lately, you bring those two off the bench and you're set.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Dalton, let me say something else, too. Um, you were giving me guff. I mean, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to curse here. You are giving me guff the edit on our last pod because I didn't say Giannis. It's Dragic. Dragic.
3: Yeah, that's the one I struggle with. Yes. So ha! <laughs> you did, you did it. You got me back. Good job. <laughs> okay. So look, we're going to move on to another one. This is another point guard, a uh, veteran point guard who is a little bit older, uh, but he's still really good. What complicates this one though, is his salary. And I'm talking about Kyle Lowry. Uh, from the Raptors. And I think you, you wrote a piece on this for uh one Oh five, three, the fan lately. Didn't you?
1: Yeah, it was a, um, so there was some, so, okay. We have a sh- show that comes on from 10 to two called the KNC masterpiece on one Oh five, three, the fan. And yeah. um, I, uh, I don't always agree with all of their basketball takes. Um, <laughs> I'll put it that way.
3: Who agrees and, with everybody's basketball team? Yeah,
1: I mean, it, you know, it's yeah, <laughs> so it is what it is. But uh, Mike Bassick um, is on that show, and he put out a trade in which, uh, basically, it was the uh, the Mavs trade for uh, Carl Anthony Towns that I just proposed, swapping out Jalen Brunson and Tyrell Terry um, for Kyle Lowry, um, and. Which I don't so think I works
3: it. salary-wise, does it? No.
1: I mean, I, I think I put it in there. Whatever I put together. it, it, it Anyway, it was, it was overpaying. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was. It was overpaying for Kyle Lowry. So I wrote about how um, – basically, the, the, the structure of the, of the article was who says no to this, and then I put a case for and against for each team yeah um and then as as i was writing it it was just like holy crap this is such a bad trade (laughs) yeah um so i I hope that yours is better
3: yeah what i'm thinking is i I don't think you can give up a lot of draft compensation for a guy who is because i mean lowry's really good still but he's also an expiring contract and he's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. He could walk for nothing. So I don't think you can give up, you know, a future first. Uh, but if you get a piece along with him, I think you could do something like this. So say the Mavs send Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway, Jr., James Johnson and a second round pick for Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell. And Powell, he's making $11 million a year, and he has another deal left on his contract. Uh, he's a really athletic shooting guard. And let me see here. I think he's shooting 43% from three this season, 16 points per game. So he pretty much takes over your, yeah. your Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, role there. But what, what do you think about that?
1: Well, it's funny because when I was trying to put together my trades that I promise we'll get to you guys, I didn't put together as many as Dalton. Um,
3: I'm an insane person. I put together, <laughs> I had like 13 trades.
1: <laughs> yeah, I only have five. Uh, but I, I thought about Norman Powell and I started putting something together and I just started wondering, I don't think that Toronto wants to trade him or would, would want to trade him. I mean, it depends on, it depends on how they feel right now. Cause that's, that's what i'm still trying to trying to figure out is how how toronto feels because they just extended uh fred van fleet they just extended uh pascal siakam uh was that a year or two like a year ago or something anyway yeah. it goes into yeah. effect and they're both 23 24 um kyle lowry just seems like the odd man out because he's, he's getting older and he's going to be worth a lot of money and Yep. How seems like a guy that can keep around longer, that is still a really good player. I don't and it's the same with Boucher that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he is um, he is I don't know how, sneaky how, good. Yeah, I, I don't know how willing they're gonna be to get rid of cheap good assets like that. Yeah. Um, but
3: well let listen. me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this totally then. Would you would you trade and this is basically just to match salary. But would you trade Tim Hardaway Jr. and James Johnson straight up for Kyle Lowry, or you think that's giving up too much, uh, giving given Kyle's age?
1: Well, no, because they're all it's all expiring deals. Yeah, um, I just mean like no, based on scenario.
3: i just I just mean like based on what what Tim Hardaway Jr. gives you off the bench, and you know he's a forty percent three point shooter, and he's basically still in his prime so
1: well i mean look but yeah also worst case scenario it's um you're getting 33 million or whatever it is in expiring money yeah so you're not you're again you're not giving up your future you're not trading josh green tyrell terry a first round pick and yeah any other good assets you have for a guy who's expiring and aging and walk and not washed, but he's not what he used to be
3: yeah regardless regardless of whether the mavs are interested in trading for kyle lowry or not i do feel like that's going to be a guy they're interested in in free agency (laughs) given how much money they're going to have to spend and he's obviously not going to make 30 million a year this time around so I think that's a guy they'll be interested in. Our our buddy Kirk Henderson mentioned in our group DM the other day, uh, Mike Conley. That'd be another intriguing option for the Mavs this offseason. So they're going to have – you know, Giannis is off the board. uh, A guy like Rudy Gobert is off the board. uh, Unless Kawhi Leonard opts out, I mean, you're really not going to have a big name on the open market. Uh, but there's still some really good players that are going to be out there and the Mavs are going to have money to blow. So, uh, <laughs> like I've told you and Kirk, uh, Matt, uh, it's kind of my last straw as far as free agency stuff goes. They have the money this time around. They have to spend and they have to, they have to do a better job um, putting higher-end talent on the roster top to bottom. So, we'll see how they do with it. But anyway, moving on – well, let me say this. Before we move on to this one, do you have any others you want to throw in there real quick?
1: Yeah, well, so I have like five trades. I I haven't read any of them yet. Um, Mine are all – and I feel like we're starting to get to more of this tier of trade now. Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: Well, no, I I tell you what. I tell you what, before you go into it, let me just – this is my last one. That's not going to be like a lower tier trade. It's kind of on the same level as Zach Levine. Maybe not quite as high as Zach Levine, but I'm. This oh, is I have the, one for
1: this guy too. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: This is going to be the the last. Uh, let's just call it second tier guy trade. But it'd be with the Houston Rockets uh, getting Victor Oladipo, and. My proposal was – because, I mean, I think any way you look at it, it's hard to see Houston making a trade with Dallas unless Dallas is really compensating them. And I know Victor Oladipo is going to be one of those guys that's an unrestricted free agent. Mavs could just pursue him uh, this offseason. But if they wanted to get him in the door early and they wanted to add some extra shooting, which what I, what I said at the beginning of this pod is going to be – in my opinion, a top priority this trade season. I would like something like this. You trade Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., James Johnson, and a future second-round pick for Victor Oladipo and Eric Gordon, who still has three years on his contract past this season. Thoughts?
1: Uh, I I – Again, I mean, I have one for, for, for Victor Oladipo as well. Um, yours, I think, is.
3: Um, I mean, because look, Eric it doesn't
1: as much as far as. Because, like, look, okay, my, my, my thing with trading for players on, expir- on expiring contracts typically is do not give up a first round pick for them because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I think the second round pick makes more sense there in my trade. I give up a first round pick. Mine's a little different than yours. Um, but in my, my idea is a little different than yours too. I, I think yours, um, kind of fixes the Mavs issues that they have right now a little bit better than mine right. does. Um, mine is a little bit more, uh, financially, um, safer I guess and it it, it fixes some different things uh, but I like yours I would take yours in a heartbeat too I think um, the only thing that concerns me about giving up Jalen Brunson is then like so Trey Burks your backup point guard right now right um, and that's but, a little bit scary to me
3: yeah yeah I mean but I mean maybe you give Tyrell Terry a little bit more run by then. I don't know. All all I know is, you know, Eric Gordon, he has the capability of handling the ball a little bit if he needs to. He could be a six-man type. And then you also add Victor Oladipo who is, you know, he would meet the criteria in my opinion for a third star. So uh, that's where I'm thinking on that. You know, Eric Gordon, he's shooting 37% from three, averages 18, 19 points a game. And like I said, you know, he's he's on a, a longer deal. He's 32 years old, but, you know, I think they could really utilize a player like him going forward too. So, anyway, what is, what, what's your Mavs-Rockets trade proposal?
1: I, I feel like um, mine is a little bit riskier in the sense that I'm, I am giving up a first-round pick, which I typically wouldn't do for a person. I literally cannot
3: wait any longer. You have to tell me. I'm dying to know what this is.
1: Okay, so mine's Victor Oladipo, James Johnson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Tyrell Terry, and a first-round pick. No, wait. Uh,
3: oh, wait. It, it, you're talking about Victor Oladipo straight up?
1: Victor Oladipo and P.J. Tucker.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, oh, okay. Victor. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, they must so, have cut so out on my Victor
1: Oladipo and P.J. Tucker – uh for james johnson tim hardaway jr tyrell terry in a first round pick
3: i think if like like we talked about i think if you make that a second round pick i'd probably do it and i really don't (laughs) you know how i feel about tyrell terry i i get attached to certain guys and i really do think he has a, a load of potential i'd hate to uh i'd hate to ship him off to a a division rival especially when both of those guys could walk this offseason but yeah. my thing is and let me say originally i had pj tucker on my my trade deal too but the reason i took him off is because one he's about to turn 36 two through 24 games with the rockets so far this season matt he kind of he kind of looks like he's washed. I mean, I mean I get it. I mean, he's not really happy with his situation in Houston with contract stuff and you know, he, they had a rough time with all the Harden stuff going on and everything, but he's shooting 39% from the field, just 33% from 3. He's averaging 4.8 points and 4.5 rebounds a game. He just he he <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's just the situation or if it's the fact that he's kind of over the hill at this point. Um, I, I
1: think that, um, I think it's more that, I think he just needs a fresh start. Maybe he's, you know, he's not what he used to be. That's, that is what it is. But I mean, that, that happens today, just happening to all of us. But I think that, uh, I think if he had a new situation, he'd be a little bit, um, a little bit more productive, but also, Man, I'd still rather have him out there than like Wessa Wundu, or um, you know, some of these well, other. Well,
3: yeah, fans. you're right there, especially because I'd have to look at his shooting splits too. But
1: and you're going to need someone to replace James Johnson too. Yeah, the trade. So
3: defensively, I don't really, I wouldn't have any issues with it. I just uh, the three point shooting is what gets me because. He's usually lights out from three, uh, especially from the corners. and you know this year he just he just hasn't I mean he just fell off, you know so and it's declined steadily you know for a number of years now. He's gone from thirty seven percent, two straight years, his first two years in Houston to thirty five percent. Uh, last season, and now down to 33% this year. And like I said, his numbers have just really fallen off. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I just know that the main thing here with both of ours is getting Victor Oladipo. And it, it's along those same lines of trying to add a third star to Luca and KP because they really do. Now, like I said, when this team is clicking on all cylinders, uh they're really hard to beat but you know if Luca's not having a good shooting game if KP's struggling a little bit uh the team as a whole just kind of just kind of doesn't <laughs> it's hard to keep everything together so they need that third guy who is consistent on a nightly basis uh to get them a bucket when they need it the most so uh so that we made it matt we made it through all of mine um so you want to throw out a couple more before we take off here
1: yeah mine are very uh i would to say not exciting um they're a little less exciting they're a little bit more uh role player centric um and there's only four of them so i, I won't i won't go off on a long <laughs> tangent about any of them
3: how about this how about you how about you list what they are and I tell you which one I like the best.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, the first one is PJ Tucker for Dwight Powell. Ooh, I uh, like that instantly. In I think e- in, even
3: in, with my concerns with Tucker, I like it.
1: <laughs> in a second, you add a second round pick though too, because um, Houston doesn't necessarily want to take on more money. Yeah. Uh, and P.J. Tucker is inspiring. So if you give them something, then they're more likely to do it.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I like that.
1: The next one is uh, Dragic for James Johnson in a second-round pick.
3: I like that one, too. That's that's basically mine. I just added uh, Trey Burke to it to give them a ball handler back. Yeah. I, I do like yeah. that, though, a lot.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that yours is more likely uh, because – of the ball handler thing and i i I should have just stolen yours and called it mine (laughs) Um, my next one is uh malik beasley for james johnson and a second round pick um yes i I
3: like this is this is kind of one of those weird situations because at first people are just like why would why would uh minnesota trade let me see here hold on give me just a second here People are probably like, okay, well, Malik Beasley, he just turned 24 years old. Uh, he's shooting 39% from three, uh, averaging 20 points, five rebounds, three assists a game. Why would they just trade him away? Well, Matt, uh, when you sent that – when you told me about that one earlier, uh, I sent you like, oh, yeah, I would love that as long as, you know, he's not in jail. <laughs> Cause he exploded for 30 points against the Mavs the other night. And then the next morning, uh, Shams reported that, uh, is it Shams or Shams? I think it's Shams.
2: Anyway, I don't care. who
3: cares? <laughs> it was reported that Beasley was sentenced to 120 days at a county workhouse with work release or home confinement options and that will be served at the end of the NBA season. So is that really – I mean, he's – it doesn't seem like that's the kind of guy the Mavs would trade for. But, again, 20 points, (laughs) five rebounds, and three assists per game. Basically, Victor Oladipo numbers from Malik Beasley, and he's shooting – 45% 45% from the field, 39% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. So, I, if they want to just get rid of him, if they think he's just, you know, going to be a headache going forward, I think there's a chance to get something like that done. I would 100% take Malik Beasley on the Mavs. And I don't, I don't care if he's not technically a quote-unquote their kind of guy because of the, the troubles he's had. I think it would be well worth taking uh, taking that risk, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah um, was that was that your second to last one? or Did you have two more?
1: Second to last one. Okay. My last one is I th- I think I mean obviously we all know that uh, Dragic is my first choice all forever and always, um, even when he's fifty years old. Uh, but I think this is this is my second favorite trade that I put together. It's very simple. Um, it's a lot like the other ones. If you, if you guys notice, I'm also trading like the same two people in all of my trades.
3: <laughs> you have these certain people who's just like, okay, who can we <laughs> who can we swap these guys off for?
1: Yes, and my other one is uh is George Hill for Dwight Powell in a second round pick.
3: Ooh, uh, that's a I like that one
1: because I don't think that like. Look, it, it's it's presti. He he likes putting picks together. It's not like they're going anywhere, like they wanna, you know it, it's a pretty even money swap. They're still building, they still have a ton of assets, you're not taking any way anything away from them. you're taking away a, a veteran point guard that they don't have long term plans for.
3: Yeah, I'm giving I, them another pick. I really like that one. And he's he's a guy, you know, he averages twelve points a game. Uh, three assists per game this year he's shooting 39 from three but you know that Oklahoma City team doesn't really have a lot of a lot of good spacing last year with the Bucks, he shot 46 percent from three <laughs> like imagine if he gets back in a situation like like he was with Giannis but he's with Luca you know you could potentially get that I mean don't get me wrong 39 is really good but I think if you end up with him in Dallas, uh, he'd be a really nice guy to bring off the bench, and he could potentially get back up to that early to mid forties three point shooting range.
1: Yeah, no, it, it he he saw it, it's 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 kind of the same with with the Dragic thing in in some sense when or where uh, you're solving a lot of problems with a veteran ball handler that you just do not have that you can rely on right now
3: it would also um, be very fitting for okc to trade for dwight powell because they all they already have his twin isaiah roby former mavs great <laughs> they look they look, they look identical
1: <laughs> I, I i couldn't even remember isaiah roby's name like two months or like a month after he played for the mavericks like that's how little of an impact he had on the franchise <laughs>
3: what's crazy is he's actually been pretty good for the thunder what was that
1: yeah i'm sure he has uh, the thunder are one of uh what 29 other nba teams uh that are better at developing players than the mavericks so uh, it's no surprise
3: well i think we have officially uh traded out for this one matt uh <laughs> i I can't think of anything else at this point uh that being said everyone who's listening if you have any other trade ideas that we didn't bring up that you want to hear discussed you know sometime between now and uh the march 27th deadline uh hit us up on twitter you know go to the step back mavs twitter account and we've got our dms open there or you can just reply to any of our tweets there or just tag us whatever uh with your scenarios you want to hear us discuss so matt is there anything else you want to leave with before we end this one this week
1: oh um is it the all-star break yet
3: it's not i think that's a couple weeks away but um i don't know we we've got some stuff in the works in the coming weeks nothing set in stone yet but if if everything goes according to plan we uh we could have some really special guests for you guys here in the next next month but uh well matt if that's it i'm just going to go ahead and close us out here but uh, guys we appreciate it Uh, definitely be sure to rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms Uh, If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, go and give us a review there. That really helps us out. Uh, Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, We've been promoting this for a while now, but, you know, the Mavs are just now starting to let fans back into the American Airlines Center. Once that is at full blast again, we're going to be giving away two tickets. And to enter, you have to be one of our first 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. And we're a little over 700 now. So those spots are drying up quick. Uh, But yeah, we appreciate it, guys. We hope you all have a great rest of the week, great weekend. Uh, Enjoy your Valentine's Day. We will see y'all next week.
2: Y'all have a good one. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.